Oh, God Power. God Power is our new series. And we're going to spend the next three Sundays examining or examining the Holy Spirit. We prepare for Pentecost Sunday. And we're in the room for the Holy Spirit to come. And just like we are in traditions of some 2,000 years ago, we're in a room waiting for the dwelling of the Holy Spirit to come and shake us up. Somebody say shake us up. Shake us up. To shake us up and do something powerful in our lives. We find ourselves here in 1 Chronicles, the 12th chapter, and we tells a story about the men who came to join David's army. Some of them had been with David since shortly after Saul, after he became, after Saul was king, he was the former king, had banished David from the land. David now has a new position. He's now the king and over all of Israel. These men were well armed and able to sling rocks from stones with their left hand and their right hand. We all know that David was prolific in slinging the stone because he was a young man who slew David, I mean slew Goliath. Yes. <laughs> he couldn't slow himself, so he slew Goliath. <laughs> they were relatives of Saul from the Benjamin tribe. They were from the 12 tribes of Israel. Lesson one, I think we need to turn on my, my mic, Rachel. Lesson one, God will deal with your enemies. God will deal with your enemies. First Chronicles 12, 17, it reads as such, David went to, out to meet them and said to them, if you come to me in peace to help me, I am ready for you to join me. But if you have come to betray me to my enemies when my hands are free from violence, may the God of our ancestors see it and judge you. David, being a warrior, he collected soldiers from the Benjamites and from the tribe of Judah. David told them they were free to join him if they wanted to. You can come as long as you come in peace. But be warned, if you come to betray me, when I'm finished fighting this war, my, my God will judge you. Quite often, we don't say something we don't understand, but I'm going to tell you here today, God will deal with your enemies. Quite often we are approached by those who present themselves as friends when actually they're your enemies. Mm -hmm. We call those frenemies. Because they come with friendly fire, begin and steal. They're your enemies. But see, it doesn't stop us from being open, living a life with open hands and inviting people in. Because you need to walk with the understanding that the power of God is so strong that even your enemies will fall. Yes. If they come to do you harm. That thought leaves us with a little freedom in our living. We need to live as free people because the, when, when we understand that the Holy Spirit comes, God will deal with your enemies, so live free. Live free to love those who you have opposition with. Feel free to love those and deal with those who, who, who are your frenemies. Feel free to deal with, you know, everybody has somebody in their family who you like, whenever they come, it's like, oh, here comes Uncle Tony. Yeah. <laughs> Embrace Uncle Tony. Embrace those who come as sheep in wolf's clothing. It's okay because understand this. God will deal with your enemies. <clears throat> We're called to love one another, regardless of where they come from, regardless of what they look like, regardless of their social economic status. It is our responsibility to show them God's love. <clears throat> 
See, you are destined. The fact that you are now embraced, the fact that you have this relationship with God, you're destined to fulfill the promises that God has for you. Which means there's nothing going to stop that from happening. No enemy, no hardship, no difficulty, nothing. God has you. What I love about this passage of scripture, it really sets me into understanding but whose battle we're really fighting. The battle is not yours, it's whose? The Lord's. In 2 Chronicles, the 20th chapter, King Josephat is about to go before a vast army. And he, he's looking out and he presents himself before the Lord. And as he does such, one of the men, one of the king's men came to him and said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat. But the first thing that Jehoshaphat did, he laid out before the Lord. He stood before God and he sought his wisdom, his direction. But there's something about this Holy Spirit that comes. He said to the king, this soldier connected to King Jehoshaphat, Listen, Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. He goes on to say these words, You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance of the Lord will be, will give you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. The lesson we pick up here is that God will demonstrate his move in your life when you understand that all we are to do is to stand before God and hear from him. When the Spirit of the Lord comes, it comes in different forms and fashions. The Spirit of the Lord comes and he'll send someone to speak a word at times. The Spirit of God came and he instructed them that no matter, you see this vast army before you, but don't even worry about it. You're here doing God's work. God has never been defeated. Never not once. Not one time has he ever experienced a downfall. And see, we are God's army. We're his battle axe, his hammer. He uses us as he wills, but he wills for us to find victory in what we do in serving him. The battle is not ours. We don't have to worry about it. This is not our church. It may say in Power Living Church, it might as well say God's Holy Temple. That's right. Because this is God's. We're here as servants of the Most High. So whenever you see something before you, no matter how big the opposition, no matter how big the, 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 the challenge at the workplace, no matter how big or how short you are of your mortgage, no matter what you're going through, God has, He got it. That's right. I mean, that's some comfort in knowing that you can't lose. Mm -hmm. Even when you may fall down, yeah. it's not necessarily a loss. It's a repositioning uh -huh. of your situation mm -hmm. for God to work his way in. What I love about this is God will make you laugh. I tell you this over and over again. Yes. <coughs> Excuse me. God will make you laugh. He'll make you feel like he's a comedian because you'll find yourself in such distraught situations and then you don't know how you're going to get through it, how it's going to work out, how the stress is going to be alleviated. You don't know how, you don't even know. But somehow, some way, God has stepped in and give you the victory because the battle is not ours. It's God. And you just have to laugh. 
I was sick, but now I'm healed. I, mm -hmm. I was stressed, but now I don't feel no pain. I, my kids are driving me crazy, but all of a sudden they went to bed on time. <laughs> God will make you laugh because your situation will look like there's no way out, but God has already figured out a way. He's already figured out a way for us to walk in the victory. So here, the time with King Jehoshaphat, as he looked out before him, the vast army. But here he talked to Pastor Barrett. And he looked out at all the things in this big city. He, he, he said, here, he looked at Toronto. He says, four years of college, and now you look behind yourself, and it's behind you. You've won. Mm -hmm. He said, here, you, you look out barren and you don't have a home but now you sit comfortably in your new house you didn't make sense when you started on the journey that it could be completed but yet and still God showed up that's right because the battle is not ours it's God's I love that lesson two today we find in this book called first chronicles the spirit of the Lord is empowering 1 Chronicles 12, 18 reads as this. Then the spirit came on Amasai, chief of the 30. And he said, we are yours, David. We are with you, son of Jesse. Success, success to you. And success to those who help you, for your God will help you. So David received them and made them leaders of his raiding bands. Amasai was unique. He was the head of a group called the 30. 30 heroes, or some say the 30 chiefs. He, he told David that he and his men were David's and he wished him success. David then accepted them in. If you know anything about the 30, those 30 were like the superheroes of the day. Mm -hmm. You know how many people saw the Avengers? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Superheroes, they're flying and doing things. Like, you know. Before they were Avengers, they were the 30. <laughs> These mighty men of David were a group of David's toughest military warriors, toughest military, uh, I guess, generals. They, they were credited with heroic feats. They were the superheroes of that day. One battle was where one of the heroes slayed 800 men in one battle with a spear. These brothers were tight. <laughs> Unlike me, I lose. But these brothers were tight. When the Spirit of the Lord came, came over to David, one experience, it was like they had superhero-like powers. They were the ones that he could count on. Those were who Amasai was. But then it was something beyond that. The, it said the spirit came on Amasai. So regardless of the fact that how he was one of the 30, there was something unique when the spirit of the Lord came upon Amasai. He, he, he began to have a prolific way of, of seeing, of speaking. Come on, have a seat. Glad to have you. upon him and he spoke to David he spoke success over David's life and there's other times when the spirit of the Lord comes on people in the Bible we get examples of what happens when the spirit of God comes upon you we're talking about the Holy Spirit I'm asking the question this week got power I'm asking if you have God's power and what it means to have God's power for Jehazel became prophetic when he spoke spoke for the Lord when the spirit of the Lord came upon him 
In 2 Chronicles, the 20th chapter, it said in verse 14, The Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benai, son of this guy and that guy. What it said to him was this, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, all of you in Judah. He had a word from the Lord. He became prophetic when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. I ask you again, do you have God's power? When God's power comes, there's something that happens when God's power falls upon you. Then a move has to happen. You have to speak out. You have to move out. You have to be empowered because God now has empowered you. So what does it mean when you have God's power? We know Jehazel became prophetic. Samson became mighty in battle. In uh, Judges 14 and 19, it says this, when the, Then the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him, talking about Samson. Samson went down to Ashkelon, struck down 30 of their men, stripped them of everything, and gave their clothes to those who explained the riddle. When the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson, he became empowered. Where is your power, I ask you today? Where is your power? Where do you go to when you need to have a move of God in your life? It's the Spirit of the Lord. It's His Holy Spirit. In Luke 4 and 18, our Lord and Savior Jesus became empowered when the Spirit of the Lord came upon Him when He started His three-year ministry. He says this in Luke 4, The Spirit of the Lord is on me It's because He's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He sent the Spirit of the Lord. Where do you have, where do you have power? See, when the Spirit of the Lord comes into your life, it empowers you towards victory. Jesus went 40 days and 40 nights without eating. And he got finished. He was weak. Well, first thing he did to be empowered again, he said the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in his weakest state. So even when you're at your weakest, you don't have to worry. Even when you're, you're hungry and you're thirsty, you don't have to worry. Even when affliction comes upon you, you don't have to worry because when the Spirit of the Lord comes into your life, it empowers you. It overwhelms all those weaknesses and becomes strong. You become strong. That's what power is. That's what the Holy Spirit is. That's why we prepare for Pentecost Sunday to understand we are empowered when the Spirit of God comes upon us. But you just, you got to seek Him. We found out first that you, Jehoshaphat stood before God and then one in the midst of Him, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Him and it was prophetic. We see that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson and he became strong physically. We see that the Spirit of the Lord came upon our Savior Jesus and he became victorious in His journey. From the very beginning, the Spirit of God was with him. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Do you have power? Lesson three today. When the Spirit of God comes upon you, your enemies will join your team. And you're connected to the Spirit of God. The enemy, enemies can't even hate on you. I like to say, if you don't have any haters, you need to get some. Hmm. I got a lot of them. That's good. <laughs> but see, the amount of haters that you have in your life, those are people who, are, who dislike you or who are jealous of you or who are frustrated with you or who talk about you behind your back, who lie about you. And if, if you don't have any of those, there's something you're not doing right. You should have a host of haters. You should have a host of people bothered by your presence. 
You should walk into a room and the room changes because you entered into the room when the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. When the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, those people will be drawn to you. They'll be drawn to you. Because God is power is like a magnet. You know, if you're not doing anything, nobody's going to talk about you. If you're not affecting the world or your community or your household in a positive way, nobody's talking about you. If the devil is not messing up your life, if you have an easy life but you're living a life of sin and it's really enjoyable and it's really having fun and everything's working out for you, but you know you are just sinful in all your ways, the devil is already taking you. He's going to let you continue to enjoy your sinful life because he's already won. You know, I, you know, I don't worry about this one. It's when we decide we want to do right. You ever notice that? When you decide I'm going to live right today, that's the first thing. You start fasting on Tuesday, first thing you do, you want to go to breakfast today, is on me. <laughs> you know, you get there, right? You get there, right? You know? You know, when you run, you decide, you know, now I'm, I'm going to, man, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to read it in the morning, at lunch, and then before I go to bed at night. And then in the morning you may get it, right? Because just the first thing, you wake up, you read the Bible. At lunch, you know, you tell your friend, like, oh, I'll read with you. And then at night, you get there, and you get there, and the next thing you know is, oh. <laughs> You know, there's always something to distract you, to pull you further away from your connection with God. Yeah. And we have to be cognizant of the fact that we are in a battle every day. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And you can't win the war if you don't know you're in the battle. You have to know that we're in the battle every day. Every day, the world and society and your friends and frenemies are trying to pull you away from your connection with God. But when the Spirit of God comes over you, everybody wants to be on your team because they see the reflection of God in you. And we're born to serve God. We're born to worship God. Even in our chaotic lives, we don't even feel like we should be even connected to God, but you were created from time immemorial. You were created to serve God. Mm -hmm. You are created to be a blessing to God. We are created to be to be in all in all His ways. We are created to be just like, whoa, God, here you are. Here I am. I stand before you. Almighty you are. We're created to worship Him. Yes. And so when we're, we're not moving in that direction of, of, of being connected to God, we're being pulled from Him. But then when you are connected to Him, when the Spirit of God is upon you, it says here in 1 Chronicles 12, 19, some of the tribe of Manasseh defected to David when he, when he went with the Philistines to fight against Saul. His enemies joined him. It goes on to say, he and his men did not help the Philistines because after consultation, their rulers sent him away. They said, it will cost us our heads if he deserts to his master Saul. And David went to Zigzag. These were the men of Manasseh who defected to him. All these wonderful names. Leaders of units of a thousand of Manasseh. Your enemies will join you when the Spirit of God is in your life. That's exciting. So David is this. Psalms 110, 1-3, it says this. The Lord says to my... Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies 
a footstool for your feet. The Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion, saying, Lord, in the midst of your enemies, your troops will be willing on your day of battle, arrayed in holy splendor. Your young men will come to you like dew from the morning's womb. <laughs> he said, your enemies, a footstool of your feet. But often ministers say that our enemies be made footstools over our feet, but it doesn't really speak to us. It speaks to our Lord and Savior Jesus, that he was in the right hand of the Father, mm -hmm. and his enemies would be his footstool. Mm -hmm. But what I've learned also is that we become co-heirs with Christ, and we share in the same glory that he has. We may not sit at the right hand, but we will worship our Father. And then the gifts that we have is that we share within the blessings that Jesus has. So our enemies then, like they for Jesus, will be our footstools at our feet. Now, what's a footstool? A footstool is something that you rest upon. Uh, a footstool is something that allows you to walk a little further. Uh, a footstool is, is, is the pathway towards your victory. Your enemies will become your footstool. Your enemies will become joined to you to assist you in your own search for your victory. That's your enemies. So we don't have to worry about the challenges of life because when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, even your enemies will want to join your team. Got power, I ask you. Do you have power? Do you have the Spirit of God on your life? Are you seeking and searching after more of experience of God? I'll tell you this. When Jesus was here, he said these things. I will be with you to the very end of the ages, which means I will never let you go. Before that, he said, I won't leave you alone. I'll leave you the parakletos in Greek, which means this Holy Spirit, which means it would never be without a connection with God's Holy Spirit. But I even go back further than that. In Genesis, the first book, the first chapter and the first verse, it says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Spirit of God has always been here. The Spirit of the Lord has always been present. Mm -hmm. But it's up to us to be cognizant of the fact that we are connected to this Holy Spirit. It's up to us to stand before God like Jehoshaphat before the army. He stood before the Lord. And then one came and was prophetically touched by the Holy Spirit of God who came upon him. And touched him. And he spoke prophetically. Have you been standing before God? Have you been seeking more of him? Have you been yearning for a greater experience of his Holy Spirit? It's here for you. It's always been here for you. His Spirit has never left. But it's been waiting for you to cry out. <coughs> Lord, I'm at war. Come fight my battle. Lord, I'm sick. Heal my body. Yes. Lord, my family's in distress. Ease my way. Lord, my business is failing. Make it prosperous. Lord, I don't know how to open up and walk into my tomorrow. Trust God has already have you here. Call upon him. Do you have power? The question is, next three weeks is, got power. I'm here to tell you, you got power. You just have to touch it. 
you have to reach out for it. And it's sometimes like in Ephesians when you've done all you can. When you put on the breastplate and the helmet and your feet for peace and you have your shield and your spear and you've done everything you know to do. You prayed, you cried, you fasted, you weeped, you had prayer groups and prayer partners and you went to Tuesday night Bible study and Sunday morning worship and visited a friend service on Saturday and then on Wednesday and, and, and you called on all your people. You've done everything you know and you still don't feel like God is there and you did everything you know to do. I'm here to tell you, stand. Amen. Be still. And wait on the glory of God to come. But you got to believe. And cry out if you have to. But stand and wait for the Lord to come. But believe. Believe that He is here. Believe that He will never leave you. Believe that He loves you so much that He sent His only begotten Son just to show you the way. So we can get it right again. That's when you got power. Before, before your even existence into the world, in your mother's womb, the Spirit of God was even there. Another great example is when, when John was in his mother's womb, he was a cousin of Jesus. Even in that time when Jesus was in Mary's womb and, and, and John was in Elizabeth, even then the Spirit of God was, they were communicating with one another because the Spirit of God is already, before you even come into the world, God's already formed his path for you. He's always already destined you to come into the world. You're here because the miraculous wonder of what God does. We can't really figure out. Well, one man and woman comes together and creates life. You're here because God, he saw something in you. And he allowed you to stay because he figured you have more to do. What is it you have to do? What's your purpose? What's your destiny? What's the promise God placed upon you? I'm here to tell you, it's never too late. Because from the time, from the time before you even started in the world, the Spirit of God was present. From the very first scripture in the first book at the beginning of the Bible, the Spirit of God was resting, present. Out of nothing, the Spirit of God was present. And then creation was formed. And then man was formed. And man failed. And man had to be formed again. And then man had to be saved by the coming of Jesus and his resurrection. And today, the Spirit is here. Please stand to your feet. I ask the question again. Got power? You have power. I'm so excited about the potential and the promise, knowing that there's no battle that I will come before me, that there's no battle that I'm going to lose. I'm so excited that you shared in that same promise that you don't have to worry what you're going through. Whatever it is, it, it, you don't, don't worry. See, that's the promise you have when you're saved. Are you saved? 
are you saved? Have you given your life to the Lord and said, Father, forgive me, I have sinned. Take me as I am, broken I may be. Strong on some days, weak on other days, Lord, forgive me. Bring me into your kingdom because I want to experience more of you. I want your spirit to fall upon me so I may be prophetic. Not like Jehaziel. Or I may be powerful like Samson. That I may have a ministry as a reflection of Jesus. Whatever it may be, Father, I need your Holy Spirit. Put your mind now on what you need from God in this place. Love, power, and praise. And I promise that you will have the best God-given experience there is.